When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. The wait is over and for Premier League fans around the world, today is the day that the greatest football league in the world is back for another season of twists, turns, highs, lows and of course West Ham United finishing in 12th position. Uh, Transfer deadline day was a wild ride with so much moving and shaking taking place but finally the madness has subsided and we can settle down into what everyone really cares about and that is of course the football. Liverpool versus Norwich is the Premier League curtain raiser. We'll be talking about that and whether you fantasy league players out there have stacked your teams full of Jurgen Klopp's boys ahead of that game. We'll have Holly from Fantasy Football Community giving us a bit of advice on how you can get one over on your mates this season i'm niall mccorn joining me in the studio for premier league daily today we have got jim selverson hello jim hello niall and we've got steve mcnaughton hello steve hello niall uh, excited for the start of the season lads a oh. uh, couple of hours to go yeah. and we'll be sat on the sofa watching liverpool against norwich Do you know what i think the early transfer deadline day yesterday terrible news for clubs because now other teams in Europe can come in and pick up players and you can't replace them (laughs) brilliant news for the excitement of the Premier League season because now you've got all these new players in place you're looking forward to the season you're going oh how's the team going to do I think it's just ramped up the excitement. So, yeah, buzzing. I tell you what, I'm pretty buzzing as well because normally transfer deadline day is on my birthday, the 31st of August. <laughs> so I've been working it for the last five years. So I'm absolutely delighted. I'm thrilled that to have to work. <laughs> anyway, let's get straight into the action. Of course, Liverpool versus Norwich is the curtain raiser. But first, we want to talk about fantasy football. And if you are a fantasy football player, you can join our Premier League Daily League. It's the official Premier League fantasy football game. It's AJR338. That's the code you need. And if you win the league, there's a chance to win a 100 pound voucher to spend at classic football shirts which is a nice tidy little prize isn't it but to get things kicked off on today's premier league daily let's talk to holly from fantasy football community she's going to give us a bit of advice i'll tell you what holly you're definitely a better fantasy player than me because i am useless (laughs) that's true 
from start mail, isn't it? Hello, thank you for having me. No problem. Um, I've stacked my team uh, with Liverpool players, as I said at the start of the show. I think they're going to give Norwich a good old hiding tonight. What are you thinking about the season? Who's value for you this year in fantasy football, Holly? Well, we saw Liverpool players doing really well last season, so it's a really popular strategy to go with three Liverpool players again this season, but it's getting the right three, which is the crucial bit. We don't know who's going to start for Liverpool tonight, whether Origi is going to get the nod or whether Mane's fully fit, but mm. I'd say you really need Salah in your team and because Liverpool did so well defensively last season, it's worth considering getting two Liverpool defenders in as well. Wow. And now they've had a big price increase. A lot of managers are looking and thinking, well, Alexander-Arnold, 7 million, Robertson, 7 million, I can't really afford them. Van Dijk, 6.5 million, but they, they showed last season that they were a really, really good option. So I've got two Liverpool defenders in my team at the moment and I'm recommending that that would be the way to go to get three. So they were one of the best teams in the league last season and certainly the best team from a fantasy perspective. So this is my problem, Holly, with fantasy football because last season I had Salah, last season I had Sterling. This year, they're just too expensive. They're both too expensive, so I can't afford either of them. Do you sacrifice other players and go for a Salah or a Sterling? No way you can have both. Well, that's weird because you say they're too expensive. I've got both of them in my team. We've got the same budget. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you go with Salah and, and Andy Carroll. Hope Tom. <laughs> so what do you do? Do you, just, well, do you just go for the really expensive positions in certain places and just sacrifice and have like a couple of four million pound defenders that are never going to play elsewhere? Mm. Yeah, you need to try and get as much um, value into your starting eleven as possible and just don't worry about the bench too much in those opening weeks. I mean, I've got Salah and Sterling in my team Can't and they've it. been in my team <laughs> <laughs> they've been in my team ever since the game was launched six weeks ago. And I, I know what you're saying about um the being expensive. However, Salah was thirteen million last season and starting this season at twelve point five million. So I don't think it's a bad price and mm. You're going to get off to a good start. You've got to remember that in fantasy football, the captainship is one of the most powerful tools in there. And you need to have at least two good captain options in your team. And for me, Salah and Sterling are those go-to men to have in. What about between the sticks? Who's your pick for goalkeeper for this season? Well, there's, there's two ways of going about it. Uh, you can either go for an expensive premium keeper like Edison. And the, the thing I like about Edison is that Pep does rotate his team, but Edison will be starting in goal, barring an injury, every game week. And 20 clean sheets is, is what we're likely to expect again around that mark this season. So he's a good option. But if you're trying to squeeze all of these really expensive attacking players in, the goalkeeper slot is one which you could save money in. So I'm actually going with a 4.5 million goalkeeper this season in the shape of Nick Pope. Um, he, he came about as an option really in the last week with Heaton moving across to Aston Villa. Mm. You've then got that um, Burnley selection for the goalkeeper nailed on. And he did really well, not last season, but the season before for Burnley, stepping in when Heaton got his injury. He didn't play much last season. But Burnley are known for being really good defensively and without having that Europa League campaign to start off the season, they should get off to a good start. What about a little diamond in the rough, a little fantasy football gem from this season that not everyone might be aware of yet? A sneaky little inclusion that you can have. Maybe it's a midfielder that's listed as a defender. Maybe it's <laughs> someone who's going to pick up a few extra points out of nowhere this season. Where's your tip? 
Ayesi Perez is actually a really interesting option because he, he was playing a little bit as the, um, the second striker at Newcastle last season. So he actually got moved in fantasy from a forward to a midfielder. Obviously, now he's gone to Leicester and he's likely to be playing up front. So you're getting a 6.5 million midfielder who's actually playing as a striker in what looks to be a really attacking outfit under Brendan Rodgers. So he'd be my tip of that diamond in the rough. Steve's making notes on his pad. <laughs> I, reckon, I, reckon I am useless at fantasy football, so I'm I reckon, taking all yeah. this in. Very appreciative of it as well. I reckon Holly's selling us up the river here. She just wants that 100 quid classic football shirts voucher for winning our league. She's yeah, <laughs> giving us some dodgy she, tips. She can't give us everything because obviously she wants to kind of do well herself. So if everyone rips her team off, <laughs> it's going to be a difficult situation. The challenge is to keep going, isn't it, for those 38 game weeks. So you could have that strategy of, well, copy what Holly's doing, but will you still be there? changing yeah. your team on a, a midweek I'm not sure I have that stamina <laughs> <laughs> I've still got Christopher Sambu in my team from about 10 years ago okay then well we've spoken about midfielders defenders and keepers strikers now this is the one that everyone really wants to get right Holly what are you sort of looking at in terms of players up front well Kane and Aubameyang have both got really good fixtures to start the season with, but a lot of the hardcore fantasy managers are actually trying to roll with just budget forwards, which which could pay off and did pay off for some high-profile managers last season. Uh, the one that I'm opting to start the season with is Josh King at Bournemouth because Bournemouth have got Sheffield United and Aston Villa in their opening two games, Ooh, so classes. two promoted sides. They're obviously a very attacking team. We've got VAR hitting the Premier League, which could see an early spike in penalties, even if it doesn't pay off throughout the season. So to get the penalty taker in for a attacking side against weak opposition looks to be a really good strategy to use, at least for those opening couple of weeks. Just a final one from me. How blasé would it be for me to triple captain Salah tonight? I've actually been considering it. For me... I think it was. it's one of those, it's a risky reward, isn't it? And the payoff is great if it happens, but it would just demoralise me for the entire season if, <laughs> if you didn't bang a few goals. However, if, if you're not as hardcore about your fantasy as I am, then it could just really get you off to a flyer. flyer. So I'd say if you're tempted by it, go for it no I think Daniel Fark said he's not going to park the bus for Norwich so that's me straight on that one Holly it's been great to chat to you where can we find you on Twitter uh, my handle is at ffcommunity underscore brilliant stuff great to chat to you Holly thanks for coming on the show lovely thank you very much cheers Holly so there we have it then triple captain Salah first game of the season and change my entire team (laughs) you've been ripped to shreds here Jim Jim had his head in his hands the whole time then On the context and on mm. the subject of, of the game that's happening tonight, yep. um, I can't see anything but a Liverpool win. But I mean, with a few months off of football, you know, everyone's had their feet up over the summer, chilling out, relaxing, watching Glastonbury on the telly, whatever you've been doing, going on holiday. It's easy to forget how unpredictable and volatile the Premier League can mm. be. And especially a team that's just come up, when you look at Norwich, who've, who've not really made the greatest of additions, in my opinion, mm. this summer, it's so easy to just predict a Liverpool win. Is it going to be a formality for Liverpool, Steve? You're a Liverpool supporter. Or is it going to take half an hour to get back into it? Half an hour? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Is that optimistic for Norwich? Is that like, oh, we think last half an I hour? I don't think it'll be 1-0 after 20 minutes. I think it might take half an hour and then once, yeah, once yeah. the floodgates start. That's think, my opinion. What's yours? Yeah, I, I agree. I think Norwich will, will come out. They're opening the Premier League. I think they're going to be full of adrenaline and they're going to be kind of running on that for the first 30, 40 minutes. I'm probably making a decent fist of it, I would have thought, but I think over the 90 minutes, I think when Liverpool can start imposing themselves, I'm expecting nothing but a Liverpool win. I'm just not sure on the margin. 
I think that's it. I think it's very difficult to see anything other than Liverpool mm. winning that game. And it feels like a bit of a formality, but I think the idea that it's going to be 4-5-0 is a little bit harsh on Norwich. They have got that newly promoted club Edge to, to it, bounce, yeah. which yeah. clubs, when they come up for the first few weeks, they tend to perform all mm. right, unless you're Derby County. And we've got, there's a, there's a few, there's the factor of VAR in it as well, yeah. uh, which I think might stop it being kind of a 4-5-0 game. But I, I think, you know, more importantly, Liverpool lost one game last season and it still wasn't enough. Mm. So Liverpool don't have the luxury, I think, of losing games or yeah. dropping points at Anfield this season. So I'm expecting that usual first eleven for Liverpool that you'd expect them to go with. Maybe a Regan for Mane because Mane only come back to pre-season on, on Monday. Yeah. Um. So we may make an appearance off the bench, but I think it'll be business as usual, and I think we'll go with our Allison, Trent, Matip, Van Dijk, Robbo, uh, Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Henderson, and and that famous front three. I mean, this isn't going to be the problem for Liverpool. This kind of game at this stage in the season isn't going to be the issue. No. It's when the games come thick and fast when yeah. they've got that twenty-eight days where they've got 11 games or something that's where the issue is going to be with uh, Liverpool's squad and we've talked about that before haven't we because we don't think the depth is quite yeah. there with Liverpool's squad and I think even even as a fan uh, and supporter I, I can see that but we, I mean I've had many discussions as you can imagine with fellow fans and I think we're just putting our faith in Jürgen that he's got it right by holding back in what's been a volatile transfer mm. window this summer which is Obviously, without us going into it, it got very silly towards the end. You know, one must feel and there's some crazy deals done. Mm. But I think he he's just sitting and watching it all unfold and saying, actually, we'll keep stock of what we've got and and we'll go again. Because I think first 11-wise, there's only Man City who've got a better first 11 than Liverpool, I think. And, um, you know, they'll be relying on City dropping points, I would have thought, across the 38 games. I think Norwich is really interesting, though, this season. And we could end up learning a lot from this first game as to how their season is going to go. Yeah. I've predicted them to go down. Yeah, but I agree with you. the question is how many goals they can score rather than how many clean sheets they can keep because they're mm. not going to keep clean sheets no. if they're playing the same exciting, vibrant football they did last season. Yeah. But they need to score a lot of goals. And we mm. joked about Arsenal their plan for the coming season with their front three being we'll score seven and let you score six kind of yeah, thing. For Norwich, yeah. that's kind of the case. They need so. to score a lot of goals and mm. they need to score them against the teams. It's a cliche, isn't it? The teams around them. They yeah. need to score them against the Burnleys and Villas and Sheffield Uniteds in order to have any chance of surviving. If you look here at the goal difference, the sort of bottom five, six clubs in the table from last season, uh, Cardiff and Fulham got relegated on 34 goals scored. Huddersfield only scored 22 uh, Brighton finished 17th, scored 35, so yeah. just one more goal than those relegated teams. Southampton scored 45, as did Burnley, and Bournemouth scored 56. If you can score 50 goals, you're safe in the Premier League. Yeah. That helps. I and think team, that is does it Timu, help a lot. Yeah. Timu Puki? Yeah, big scored player for 29 them. last season. Yeah. So if he can get anywhere near that, if he can get 20, that's going to be a massive boost for Norwich. And they'll have every chance of survival. But whether he can get anywhere well, close to 20 is a it's massive a big question. Ask because you don't know in these games how much of the ball Norwich are going to have. Uh, I think when they come to like the likes of City, Liverpool, um, certainly Tottenham, um, and other teams that are, are, are going to significantly be above them in, in, in the league, I think they're going to have to suck up a bit of you know possession and and, and kind of try and catch mm. something really. Um, maybe their strategy will be to try and be in a game at seventy five minutes. So and then as the game kind of starts coming to end, that he might be able to nick something from it. I mm. think maybe that's what he might do because if they go all gung ho. Uh, in the Premier League where they haven't spent a massive amount of money this summer they've pretty much gone with with a lot of what they had last season 
they might be on the receiving end of a, of a, for a few defeats there. It's exciting. I can't wait. Should be good. The start of the Premier League season at Anfield. Liverpool against Norwich City will, of course, have all the previews to all the other Premier League games on Premier League Daily throughout the course of the weekend. So make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. And before we take a quick break, gents, a bit of a sweepstake I think we should have okay. on uh, what do you think the first VAR decision is going to be in the Premier League this season. Is it going to be a penalty? Is it going to be a retrospective red card? Is it going to be for something ridiculous? <laughs> Steve's checking his watch. It'll what? be a penalty <laughs> in about two and a half hours <laughs> <laughs> at the that, cop end. That yeah. seems to be where we've seen most of the... Uh, actually, no, I'm going to... I'm. It's are, like, are they doing VAR for dives? I imagine so. I would have thought Because Mohamed so, yeah. Salah will simulate something. How... Dare you, <laughs> sir? How dare you? <laughs> so I reckon, I reckon a VAR for a penalty, but a VAR for a penalty being ruled out. That's very oh, specific. Wow. I wonder what that odds is. we could get for that. That is very, <laughs> very nailed on, isn't it? Yeah. What you, about you, now? Oh, do you know, I, I, I think a red card, ret- retrospective red card, maybe an elbow or something like that. I can see those early games of the season getting a little bit scrappy. Shirt pulling as well in the Second yellow box, shirt yeah. pulling yeah. in the Van Dyke straight on. red on VAR. <laughs> <laughs> He's out for three games. <laughs> We're knackered. <laughs> well, that's what I'm fancying anyway. What do you fancy at home? Get in touch at the Sports Social on Twitter. Get involved with the show. And uh, I'll tell you what, why not on tomorrow's show we'll talk about the new rules in the Premier League for this season. But don't go anywhere. Stay tuned to Premier League Daily because we'll have more for you after this. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Welcome back to Premier League Daily. Hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. Daily episodes about Premier League football. What more can you want? I'm Niall McCorn. In the studio with me today, we've got Jim Salverson. We've got Steve McNaughton. We've been talking about Liverpool against Norwich, which is, of course, this evening. But I want to talk about, well, we've spoken about it before on the podcast, player Mm -hmm. power and maybe more so down the avenue of comments that players make in the media. Sometimes they don't do themselves any favours, do they? Sometimes they shoot themselves in the foot. But what about shooting someone else in the foot, a former teammate in the foot? And the reason I say this is because, speaking to a national radio station, Glenn Johnson has made these comments about his former Stoke teammate, Saido Berahino. He had the wrong mentality, the wrong attitude from day one. He was always going against the grain. It was like he had a vendetta. It was every day I didn't like him. Hmm. So some rather brutal Hmm. comments there from Glenn Johnson talking about a former teammate. This isn't someone that's retired. Berahino's still playing. And during the transfer window, when players are probably at their most vulnerable in terms of a move collapsing, but it's the only time they can get a move, isn't it, in the two transfer windows. What do you make of those comments there? Because... Berahino's still playing and is that something that Johnson should have kept to himself or obviously now he's a pundit surely he's entitled to say it as well it's a tough one it's two things isn't it it's Glenn Johnson trying to make headlines for himself in his new career as a pundit which he is more than welcome to do and within his rights to do but it also at the same time slightly flies in the face of the professionalism that you'd expect from a fellow footballer and Mm. it goes the same in any industry you wouldn't want people privately or publicly criticising other people within the industry. And football it's just is, not the way it's done. And football is a workplace at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's 25 blokes in a squad. There's a chance that you're not going to get on with all of them. Completely. It's like that any other workplace. You go into the office and there'll be people that you probably don't get on with in the same way as others. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ravel Morrison, the new Sheffield United signing, has said on Twitter, 
and he's tagged Glenn Johnson in this, trying to destroy people's careers. How can you speak about people like that in public? Good luck at your new team, Berahino. I hope you work hard and get back to your best and get back to where you belong. God bless. I mean, it's not. there's no smoke without fire with this kind of thing. That's the issue that Berahino has, and it's going to take very little for another club to be put off him, essentially, because of his checkered, shall we say, past. I, I don't like it. Uh, I don't think there was there's there's any real benefit to Glenn Johnson to say that at such a vital time uh, that the lads had his problems and whatever we think of the problems mm-hmm. he's had is is irrelevant. But to come out and say it at this point is is I think is really unfair. And I think you know if you, if you have genuine beef with this person, I think there's got to be an opportunity to sort it out at, at some point. Um, because if you were thinking about signing Saido Berahino, who who has had these troubling uh, seasons recently after showing early promise I just don't like that level of sabotage me I don't like kind of you know people who generally do that type of stuff and I think I, I agree with Ravel Morrison really in the tweet that he's put out there saying like you know it's uncalled for uh, whatever he feels uh, about him and yeah it's I'm not a fan of that. I'm disappointed in Glenn Johnson, though, to be honest. Yeah, it's the timing that's bad, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. The timing. It's vindictive because he's actually said, actually, I can do some damage to Berahino here by putting this out today, and I'm going to go and do this yeah. just because of my personal feelings it's with him. I mean, we all hate each other. <laughs> Especially <laughs> Liverpool fans. Only ever say that on Twitter. <laughs> um, anyway, let's talk about some of the other fixtures uh, in the Premier League that are coming up this weekend. We'll have a full preview show for you tomorrow where we'll be delving into all the information that you want to hear. We'll even have a little bit of analysis as well. Some really cool stuff going on on tomorrow's shows. Uh, Some of the other fixtures, West Ham, Manchester City, Crystal Palace versus Everton, Burnley versus Southampton, Watford, Brighton, Bournemouth, Sheffield United, Tottenham, Aston Villa, Leicester, Wolves, Newcastle versus Arsenal and probably the most appealing of the lot, Manchester United against Chelsea. That's on Sunday. Where's that at now? That's at Old Trafford. So mm. half past four on Sunday. But before we talk about United against Chelsea, I want to talk about Crystal Palace versus Everton. Obviously, with the whole saga throughout the whole summer, Crystal Palace, Wilfred Zaha, where's he going? What team's he going to? Arsenal, Everton, and there was all this interest. I wouldn't say there'd be bad blood between Crystal Palace and Everton, but there's certainly going to be an edge there. I think there'll definitely be an edge with the fans. Whether there'll be an edge professionally on the pitch... That's a kind of slightly different question. But the way Wolf Zahar went about handing in his transfer request is going to leave a bitter taste in the mouth of some of the Palace fans. I would have thought so, yeah. I think it's going to be a bit feisty. From an Everton point of view, though, when you look at this game and the season, in fact, it's a massive season for Everton. Every year, they seem to spend big at the moment and they have done for the last few You're trying few to wind me up again, aren't you? <laughs> so this, this is the year that surely, if it's ever going to happen for Everton, this is the year it's going to happen. Mm. Surely mm. with some of the transfers they've made, again, spending money, they're building a decent attacking side. They've got the new stadium being built at the moment. By the council. It's time for Everton, it's time for Everton to step up to the plate. Everton the... have made some really good signings. Defensively is where I worry about Everton. I mean, but you look at something, Leicester might be the surprise package. I just think that, how can you predict... That fourth to seventh play. I that, think there's a those lot of fourth unknown to seventh places yeah. in there at the moment. But what I will I will say about it though that if Everton don't get up there this season, is Marco Silva going to be under a lot of pressure? I think so. Yeah. Because, I think this you know, is a huge. I think if they're not in the top, bigly. I think if they're not in the top, bigly. It's been a long week, and it's, <laughs> it's been a long, been a long week, week. Jesus. <laughs> I, I think if they're not in the top seven by Christmas, He's or gone. at least within very close yeah, touching distance. Yeah. I think if if they're not in the top ten, bare minimum, he's off. Because it's, like when you when you spend that level of cash repeatedly, it's just it brings a certain expectation and pressure. Like you're saying, I think if he's nowhere near, which there could be a possibility, because mm-hmm. Everton at one point last season were in bad shape. 
Is Marco Silva a massively overrated football manager? At the moment, yes. What's he achieved? Nothing. I mean, I he remember, took hold down. And I remember, I remember exactly. Got sacked from Watford. Yeah. And I remember yeah. Paul Merson. Paul Merson asked this question exactly when, when Marco Silva joined Hull from Olympiacos. He went, "What's he ever done? What's he ever achieved? <laughs> Why haven't they got a British manager in?" And now I'm saying the same thing. But what has he achieved? He took Hull. Don't down. say you're turning into Paul Merson. Where Jim. was he after Hull? Was it Watford? He went to straight after Hull. I yeah. think it was one one after the other. Lasted yeah. a season there. Mm. He's gone to Everton. He spent a load of money, and he's yet to he's... really do anything other than wear some nice brown shoes. Yeah, he's and spent kind of a like, scary amount of money. It's time for him to step up. You're 100% right. And yeah. if they aren't in a seventh place by Christmas, I think you're bang on. I think he could be one of the early managers out the door. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that one. And just finally then, before we wrap things up for today's episode of Premier League Daily, we said about it just now, Manchester United versus Chelsea at Old Trafford. When the fixtures were made, that looked like the pick of the weekend. Half past four kickoff on Sunday at Old Trafford. Back in the day, and I'm talking <laughs> only 10 years ago, back in the day, this would have been the most mouth-watering opening fixture. Mm. With the way Manchester United have been over the last season or so, with the decline they've had, with Chelsea being under a transfer embargo, has this game lost its edge? I mean, Liverpool versus Manchester City would have been the marquee Mm. fixture Mm. of the weekend now. I mean, 10 years ago, it was these two clubs. Just goes to show how quickly things can change. Still a massive fixture, I think. It's still a big one. Manchester United, I'm kind of... I'm sort of half uninterested with Manchester United this season because I don't really see what they've done that's going to help them compete. I don't think Solskjaer is the right man. I think he had that brilliant honeymoon period, but I think the tail end of the season... Who's lasting longer, Marco Silva or Solskjaer? (laughs) Um, I think Marco Silva. I think Solskjaer has gone early doors. Wow. I think Chelsea are really interesting, though. I think Chelsea, with the young players they've got that are going to get a chance this season, with Lampard, who seems like a brilliant man motivator, Mm. with this enforced transfer ban where they have to bring this youth through, I think they could be... I've no idea which way it's going to go. Absolutely if, none, but I think it'll be really interesting. If Chelsea get a result on Sunday at Old Trafford, all hell will break loose because straight away, Solskjaer's under immediate yeah. pressure straight away. Yeah. What I am what I think the most interesting thing about Sunday is, is how Harry Maguire's going to do yeah. when he's put, got that United shirt on and how that the, the weight of expectation when he's got that United shirt on and he's got the world record three around his shoulders, how he's going to react to that. I think he'll do okay. And how it will lift Lindelof as a defender as yeah. well, it, presuming those two start at centre-back yeah. because... Lindelof looks like a player who needs an assured, accomplished centre-back alongside him, and that could be Maguire. It could solve many of their problems, but they've still, United, whatever, they're still going to have problems scoring goals. Not enough goals in the team. Before we wrap up, Niall, yes. I've got a little game for you to play where it comes to predicting <laughs> oh, results. yes, what a way to end the week. So you... Predicting are, results. You're our little football journalist, our little expert. <laughs> I've got a little expert at home. My five-year-old lad is going to take you on every week in oh, a game of play. predictions. Oh, Three games from the weekend. You have to predict win, lose or draw. Whoever gets the most right over the weekend gets the point. It's dead simple. Am I Premier League Daily's version of Mark Lawrence? <laughs> yeah. I can grow the moustache if you want. That. Right, are you ready? <laughs> I'm see, ready. See how you get on with these. So you have to tell me which team you think will win. I'll tell you two teams or if you think they'll draw. Okay? Burnley... Southampton. Good. Draw for Burnley, Southampton. It's gone draw, Burnley, Southampton. What are you going for now? Oh, I want to say draw, but I, I can't not back Burnley. My granddad's a Burnley fan. I'm a Portsmouth fan. I'm going to have to back Burnley. Okay, you're going for a Burnley win. Next one. Is that right? We'll find out at the weekend. <laughs> Palace, Crystal Palace versus Everton. Mm, Palace. Crystal Palace. How are you going? Palace versus Everton? Everton for me. 
Everton for you. I love, I love how he's asking uh, what was the score before the game's even <laughs> happened. He's so, he wants to know the answer. I like the way he c- contemplated it for a moment as if he knows what he's talking about. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Consider that one for a moment. Yeah. Right, final one. Watford or Brighton and Hove Albion? Watford are known as the Hornets, Brighton and Hove Albion are known as the Seagulls. So who'd win a fight? Okay. Hmm. High five. There you go. He's gone Brighton in the last one because Seagulls would beat Hornets. <laughs> What's your prediction going to be? I'm going to go with a draw. Okay. Well, we'll catch up on Monday's Premier League Daily and see how you can beat, whether you can beat a five-year-old in a game of football predictions. If I do, I'm going to the pub and getting left <laughs> as a celebration. Thank you very much for listening to Premier League Daily for today's episode. Like I said, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a show. My thanks to Jim Salverson. Thank you, Jim. Thanks. My thanks to Steve Cheers, McNaughton. Mate. Thank you, Steve. And as I said, tomorrow's show will be a full in-depth preview of all the games that are taking place over the weekend. You do not want to miss it ahead of the curtain-raising weekend of the new Premier League season if you're playing fantasy football don't forget to sign up to our premier league fantasy league it is the official premier league fantasy football game the code is ajr338 and if you win the league you get a chance to win a 100 pound voucher from classic football shirts but for now see you next time premier league daily from sports social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.